from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of the state. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University. The fuel of the future. How Indiana is using one of its massive natural resources to cash in to become the hydrogen hub of the Midwest. Technology at Notre Dame on the verge of hitting the market to help those who struggle to breathe to get a restful night's sleep. Oh, who has heard the great commotion, motion, motion all the country through? It is the ball a rolling on for Tippecanoe and Tyler too. For Tippecanoe and Tyler too. A save for Hoosier history. A U.S. president, his Southwest Indiana home, and the work to restore the White House of the West to its glory days. America has the opportunity to be a global leader on hydrogen innovation, and I look forward on working to get that goal across the finish line. Hydrogen, the most abundant chemical substance in the universe, colorless, odorless, highly combustible, and could also fuel Indiana's economic future. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. The U.S. Department of Energy doling out billions of dollars to create up to 10 so-called hydrogen hubs, centers for production, storage, and use of hydrogen gas viewed by many as critical as the U.S. economy moves uh, further away from fossil fuels. Indiana, along with neighbors Illinois and Michigan, making a bid to become one of those uh, major hydrogen centers. At stake, billions of dollars in investment and thousands of jobs. Can Indiana make it happen? And are we already beginning to see some positive signs in that direction? For some answers, I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Energy Systems Network CEO Paul Mitchell. Paul, as always, uh, thanks for joining us. Glad to be back. All right, hydrogen uh, is really uh, kind of in the news. A lot of people, myself included, have no idea how this all works. But give us a thumbnail sketch when we talk about hydrogen. This is something that can fuel all sorts of things, right? Yes, I think what makes hydrogen so unique is that this technology, this fuel, is is not just about transportation. It can have an impact in transportation, but it's also used in power generation. It's used as an industrial fuel. It can even be used in, in home heating. And as a result, you're seeing a diverse set of industry players that are looking to participate and invest within the hydrogen technology space. And specifically, the U.S. Department of Energy is uh, funneling billions of dollars to create these hydrogen hubs. That's what Indiana wants to be a part of. Indiana, Illinois, Michigan consortium going after it. Talk about that uh, strategy. So Indiana has been working at this for the better part of a year, really led by the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, who brought together a diverse group of industry partners and institutions, Purdue University, BP, Cummins, Rolls-Royce, and others. Um, We submitted a concept paper. We were down-selected. And then we realized that to win one of these, you really have to partner with other hubs in the Midwest. So there was another one uh, that was working in the Midwest. We've combined forces, and now we feel really good that we have the Midwestern hydrogen hub. And that, that billion dollars is, is critical, but it's really the tip of the iceberg. This is about, a, in our prediction, a $10 billion wow. opportunity over the next decade uh, just in the state of Indiana alone. Yeah, and as you look at that, I wanted to kind of get your perspective on that, how substantial this is. We're already seeing signs BP in Whiting, northwest Indiana, about, I think, to announce some very big uh, expansion and renovation plans. Yeah, so the Whiting refinery, a lot of people don't realize it's, it's BP's largest refinery in the world. It's definitely the the largest refinery in the Midwest. It's been around for 100 plus years. So the idea of transforming it into a facility that can last for another 100 years by producing cleaner fuels is what BP's been talking about for some time now.
now. And one of those fuels is clean hydrogen. Mm -hmm. So that alone is a multi-billion dollar investment. But with that comes a whole set of other ecosystem investments in transportation, in storage, uh, in, in uh, vehicle technology that can use fuel cells, whether it's Cummins, whether it's Rolls-Royce uh, or other partners. And, and when you talk about all those various applications, I know you and I were talking off camera, a number of uh, companies who maybe haven't been in Indiana before are beginning to look here at potential investment. Right? Absolutely. So, of course, um, as we start to gather together the industry that's interested, some of the ones you would expect, uh, long-term energy companies like uh, Duke Energy or uh, Hoosier Energy, uh, BP, Cummins, uh, we're right there mm -hmm. at the table. We're also seeing new companies that are showing interest in this. Uh, Doral Renewables that has mm -hmm. the 1.2 gigawatt mammoth solar project in northern Indiana. Another company, NewScale, that's working on small modular nuclear reactors. Uh, so what we've seen is this influx of interest in Indiana as a great proving ground for the growth of this hydrogen economy. And, and we want to be responsive to that as an organization. Energy Systems Network will be launching a uh, hydrogen industry alliance that will allow really a, a, a neutral uh, environment for companies to collaborate on projects, to do outward education and engagement and awareness, and to make sure we have good, solid public policy and regulatory environment that can support this economic growth opportunity. Yeah, so that's news now. You'll be forming this, this alliance. I think it kind of underscores the fact this is not pie in the sky. This is something you feel is, is realistic for Indiana to get a big chunk of. No, absolutely. I think um, I, I feel really good about our chances to win this hydrogen hub grant from the DOE. But to be very clear, if, if we're not fortunate enough to get one in the Midwest, uh, this hydrogen opportunity transcends any one grant. This is a, a multi-year journey that Indiana has gotten started on. And, you know, we've been involved uh, intimately in the, the initial investments in EV and electrification mm -hmm. maybe a decade ago. And I can say with confidence what we're seeing in hydrogen is at least if not more interest from a yeah. diverse set of companies in investing. Now, quickly, Paul, what are we looking at in terms of a timeline? When might we know more? So we won't find out about the, the DOE's decision on these hubs probably till closer to the fall, end of the year. Um, and then it takes a while for all of the contracts and agreements. So this is really about dollars that would begin flowing in 2024. Um, and I will, I will admit that the timeline for hydrogen projects it, it, they don't happen overnight. When you're talking mm -hmm. about carbon capture and sequestration, when you're talking about billions of dollars of capital investment, but there's a lot of jobs created in construction. There's a lot of investment that starts at day one mm -hmm. to be in a position to produce high volumes of hydrogen for the marketplace. Paul Mitchell is the CEO at uh, the Energy Systems Network. Uh, Paul, uh, always great to have you. We're going to have you on again because this is a story I know is just now developing. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Well, big recognition this week for Purdue University. Fast Company is named Purdue number 16 among its annual list of the world's most innovative companies. That's not all. Purdue also named uh, number one in education. In fact, the only university on the list. Purdue recognized for producing the engineers needed for the critical field of semiconductors, those tiny electronics that power almost everything with an on switch. Fast Company citing Purdue as a globally recognized leader focused in semiconductors and adding that Purdue's innovation, addressing the growing need for a minimum of 50,000 trained semiconductor engineers by 2027 with its semiconductor degrees program. Investments in the future of workforce have also drawn attention there as Purdue has attracted the likes of Skywater Technology and MediaTek. Well, there's more on the line than professional football careers at the NFL Combine. What Indianapolis is doing to keep the Combine here 
and the $10 million it pumps into the economy. Well, since 1987, football standouts have been coming to Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine. This year's Combine uh, marks the first time the event, which Indy has essentially created, was put out for bid. Indy uh, gets it this year and next, but the NFL isn't saying where it will be in 2025 and beyond, at least just not yet. With more on Indy's efforts to keep the combine here and its economic impact, pleased to be joined as always by Visit Indy's Chris Gall, who is coming to us from uh, the heart of the uh, activity, right in the middle of it at Lucas Oil Stadium. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Gary. Yeah, behind me is the NFL's scouting combine in its glory, the 36th year the city has hosted this. And in Indianapolis, I think, without question, has really helped uh, develop this into what it is today. Give us an, an idea of the vibe down there. This has become more of a fan experience. It used to be uh, basically all closed, but the fans are now getting a piece of it, too. Yeah, since 1987, we've hosted it. And only just last year could the fans come inside Lucas Oil Stadium. And we saw thousands do that, visitors and residents alike. And now expanding outside on the south side of Lucas Oil Stadium, there's a combine experience with food and beverage and, and live music. And so this is the biggest footprint that the combine has put in place since it's been here since 1987. Okay, Indy has it this year and next year, but uh, will be awarded to uh, perhaps Indy, but there are other cities in the running uh, 2025 and beyond. Give us uh, the update, Chris, because I know a lot of those cities or those cities are in Indianapolis really scouring the city right now. You're exactly right, and it's hard. Uh, we know Phoenix and L.A. and Dallas and uh, Detroit, maybe. They're here. They're kicking the tires. They're seeing the footprint. No other city has hosted it, so they've got to cite the city and meet with the NFL. And so we know that happens frequently. It happened last year. It will happen again this year to have other cities potentially try to wrestle this from us. So we're always on audition. We're always putting our best foot forward. And it, it's also uh, well known that this could be, at some point, circulated to other major cities like they do with the draft like they do with the Pro Bowl and also the Super Bowl. This has come, become a fan-facing big deal for cities and franchises who, who really want this event. What, what's the city's, what's Indy's pitch to keep it? I know health, testing, medical, very important. And Indy has that, uh, I think, hands down. When we talk to, yeah, when we talk to the NFL, it's under one roof. That is our pitch. The fact that everything, our hotels, our convention center, the stadium, all the testing is under one roof. The media, a thousand credential media under one roof. And then IU Health is the linchpin. Uh, a mile up the street, these prospects, these 300 college athletes can quickly get through a battery of tests very efficiently and get back down. So that is something that's hard to replicate in other major cities when everything is within walking distance and under essentially one roof. Yeah, I know, but $10 million economic impact to peg for this event. Very quickly, Chris, um, when do you expect to hear on uh, the 2025? Yeah, great question. In May, the NFL owners will meet and their fan and activity committee and future host city committee. And by May, we should know if, if we are able to retain this past uh, 2024. Got to ask you about a, a, a really big event, the NFL draft. There's been talk that Indianapolis, the Colts Sports Corporation and, and others visit Indies involved, uh, making a bid to get a future NFL draft. What's the status there? Well, yeah, so the sports corps and the Colts and Visit Indy and the CIB and the mayor's office were saying, hey, if we can put on the combine, we've done the Super Bowl, we do have an interest in the draft. And so I'd say in the, in the next uh, 36 months or so, we should have word on a future year. Once the expansion is open and we have more hotels and uh, uh, we'll be anxious to see if we can land the draft, which is something that the sports corps has long wanted, we long want, and we believe we can pull it off. So can we host a combine and the draft simultaneously? To be determined, but we know we can do both uh, exceptionally well. 
Chris Gall from Visit Indy, uh, Senior Vice President. As always, great to see you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Gary. All right. Well, an Indiana-made remedy for a good night's sleep. Next, a Notre Dame startup's technology making it easier for those with breathing problems to rest easier. And Elanco hits a bump in the rope, the IBJ this week, with a look at what's behind sliding revenue and how the Indiana-based animal medicine company plans to reverse course. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank, all rights reserved. Well, an entrepreneur who packed his bags and headed to Notre Dame to commercialize his idea for an oxygenated pillow will launch the product in just a matter of days. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta here now with more. Kylie. Well, thank you, Gary. The Oxillo system is a pillow attachment designed to be an alternative for people who don't want to sleep with a nasal cannula or for supplemental oxygen. The kit is designed to connect with standard oxygen concentrators used at home, which are common for patients with COPD, emphysema, or anyone needing supplemental oxygen. The Oxillo system helps side and stomach sleepers turn side to side while sleeping without getting tangled in a traditional nasal cannula. The kit creates an oxygen-rich pocket on the pillow, like a cloud of oxygen, near the person's face. A biomedical engineer by training, founder and CEO Anthony Esplin, moved from Utah to South Bend to enroll in Notre Dame's esteem program aimed at entrepreneurs. I started out as a very science person, right? Like all about the nuts and bolts, how to build the thing. I had no idea what it would take to actually market, sell, like build the company. And so I was looking for more of a program that could help me and hold my hand in some sense of how to do this from step one to launching the product. And for me, Notre Dame has been super influential in terms of having somebody in my back pocket that I'd be like, hey, this is where I'm at. What's the next steps? Or uh, relied quite heavily on some of the Notre Dame network to guide me as to what things I should be doing when. Notre Dame's Idea Center recently named Sleep Easy a high potential startup. The pillow will launch commercially next month. Good news for millions of Americans who use Eli Lilly and company insulin. The Indianapolis-based pharmaceutical company is cutting prices by 70% for some of its most commonly prescribed insulins. Lilly also said it will expand a program that caps patient out-of-pocket costs at $35 or less a month. We're just one part of the equation, too. We're the manufacturer of insulin. We can control that list price. But the list price sometimes doesn't bear a lot of resemblance to what people pay at the pharmacy counter. Um, so we're changing that piece, which we can, without disrupting the access to uh, the good access that most people have to Lilly Insulin. Um, and we've added this uh, support where at the pharmacy counter we can automatically buy down. Lilly was the first company to mass produce insulin in the 1920s from the pancreas glands of livestock. Today, insulin remains Lilly's oldest and perhaps most famous franchise. 
Researchers at the IU School of Medicine pushing the ball forward on finding a potential cure for Alzheimer's disease, thanks to the National Institutes of Health. The IU Med School landed nearly $15 million in funding from the NIH last year, about half of it going to research on brain aging. And uh, back to that pillow attachment yeah. being developed in Fort Wayne. They have a handful of people testing it in Indiana now, but he wants more ambassadors. He calls them product ambassadors. They want them to test the pillow a little bit further, and then they're going into full production by next month. Great story. Uh, innovation, more innovation coming out of Notre Dame, too. That's right. Yep. Thanks, mm -hmm. Kylie. Well, Southwest Indiana, historic gym with ties to the White House saved. More on the 200-year-old mansion restoration and the U.S. president who once called it home. And nominations are now being accepted for the 2023 Leadership and Law Awards. You can learn more and also make your nominations by Tuesday at theindianalawyer.com. Also, we're excited to launch our Engage Indiana series of regional events focused on advancing Indiana's future. These events convene Indiana's business uh, leadership communities to create regional momentum for the state of Indiana. Discover more at ibj.com engage. Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. Well, Memphis may have Graceland, home of the king of rock and roll, but Indiana has Grouseland, built more than a century and a half before the arrival of Elvis. Around Indiana reporter Mary Rachel Redmond has more from the White House of the West. William Henry Harrison is perhaps best remembered for the shortest presidency in U.S. history, just 31 days in office. But it was his time at this house on the banks of the Wabash in Vincennes, Indiana, that tells the real story of an American hero. Harrison came out here when he was appointed to be the governor of the territory. It was hostile wilderness. There weren't merchants here, there weren't shopkeepers here yet, there weren't tradespeople. So people had to be collected and trained on site to build this house. And what a house it is. More than 220 years later, the three-story, 13-room mansion is still standing. Uh, the walls are four bricks thick. The exterior walls and even the interior walls on the main floor. So everything in here has a story to it. This china here on the top of the buffet, and by the way, this buffet is original to the house and has still remained here as part of the collection. The dishes on top of it are Columbia Star Wedgwood China, and that was the campaign china of 1840. So that was during the Harrison campaigning. Harrison won the election of 1840, and one of his staunch supporters that also helped on that presidential campaign, a young man by the name of Abraham Lincoln. The story goes, Grousen was the first mansion Lincoln ever saw in person. Now it's a National Historic Landmark and a treasure trove of Indiana history. One fascinating thing about the house is this is the insulation and that is the Indiana Prairie from the Indiana Territorial Time that was laid in there for insulation and it's still in there. So when you think about the Woodland Indians, the history of the territory before it was even ever the Indiana Territory, if that uh, mud and plant fiber could speak, we don't know what it would say about all the things that happened before this house was even built. So even prior history is integrated into this house. Oh, and by the way, did you know Indiana has an official firearm? We have the Indiana State Rifle here, the official rifle of the state of Indiana. And a lot of people don't know that we have a state gun, and it's right here. It lives here at Grouseland. Tyler and Tippett. 
The exterior of Grouseland had a $1.5 million renovation. We have done exterior restoration to this house to get it back to the way that it was when Harrison lived here. And now a renovation of the interior, from hanging exact period wallpaper to exposing original wood floors. We're currently doing an interior restoration. We have had money from the state of Wisconsin, money from the state of Kentucky that have, has came to Indiana, a lot of private donors. Some people do realize uh, the uniqueness, the specialness of this house, and they want it to be here for years to come. We want the Harrison legacy to be told. I mean, this man, uh, we know what his critics say. He was a true patriot. It was all about God, family, and country. So we feel like there's a big legacy here in the original architecture, in the actual history that occurred here, and what the man represents himself, the essence of the man. And we just like to share that with people. Mary Rachel Redmond, Inside Indiana Business. More history along the Wabash River. Well, also making news around Indiana this week, another big investment for Kokomo. Stellantis plans to invest $155 million at three of its Kokomo facilities. Hoosiers will work on a new electric drive component to be used in electric vehicle batteries. The company is also building a $2.5 billion EV manufacturing facility in Kokomo. In Michigan City, a change of address for Burnham Brewing, the new location just five minutes away from its current home. The brewery is investing $1.6 million to renovate a building that will almost double production capacity and expand distribution, while also creating up to 30 jobs. Business on the water in Lake County. The town of St. John giving the green light to establish a new riverfront district. The council there approving an ordinance to establish a liquor license. Now to a destination hotspot in the heart of downtown Indianapolis, White River State Park, where you can check out wild animals, watch a baseball game, or take in a concert all in one place. Only at the Indianapolis <laughs> Zoo. Every season has a home. Summer, that's our season. Home is at the ballpark and we're ready for you to move in. We will have much more on the 35-year evolution of the park with Executive Director Jake Oakman and the vision for what's next. That's on the next edition of the Business and Beyond podcast beginning Monday. You can check it out at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. It's time now for Ion Education. There is a new Crossroads Classic in Indianapolis. Instead of basketballs, it involves a challenge this year to help the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the new Classic is a data analytics battle between Purdue, IU, Butler, and Notre Dame to solve real-world challenges using data. This year, the teams were tasked with creating a model to help the Colts better predict if people uh, who purchased tickets actually showed up for games, for home games. The month-long competition ended with the team from Purdue winning the graduate division and $5,000. Butler won the undergraduate division. That's all the time we have for this edition. I'm Gary Dick. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.